with the Memphis Grizzlies losing to the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round, and with their villainous, most controversial player being an unrestricted free agent this offseason in Dylan Brooks, people are talking about where he may go. I've seen some people say maybe he should go to Detroit. So I ask you, should Detroit be interested in Dylan Brooks? We're going to talk about that in today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons. Your first listen of every single day, we are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel. 50% of you guys who watch these videos are not subscribed, and we are on our way to 10,000 subscribers. So please hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Later on in the episode, I want to talk about some things that I've learned just from watching the first round of the playoffs, some takeaways for the Detroit Pistons moving forward with their team building we're going to talk about that a little bit later. And then even later in the podcast, should the Pistons or should Pistons fans be okay if the Pistons were to move on with their pick, if it were to fall from one or two? We'll talk about that a little bit later. I know we've talked about it a little bit already, uh, but just want to talk about it again because I saw it popping up in the community again as a topic of discussion. But first thing I want to talk about is Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks is an unrestricted free agent this offseason, and it looks like he may not be going back to Memphis. So everyone's been talking about where may Dylan Brooks go this offseason. Obviously, he's a you know a WWE type of character, a villain, a, a controversial player. Um, and even during the season, there was some talk amongst Pistons fans and there were some talks among people when looking at this free agency class and trying to figure out some wings that the Pistons could go after. Dylan Brooks was a name that came up every so, every so often. So I want to ask you guys first, I want to hear from you guys in the comment section or on, on Twitter at Cooker Hill, would you guys want Dylan Brooks in Detroit? Let me know that. My takeaway, my answer, I do not want Dylan Brooks. I think Dylan Brooks, the Pistons need to stay as far away as possible from Dylan Brooks this offseason. And here's why. Dylan Brooks is a really good defender. 6'7", extremely strong, gives it his all on defense, gets up in guys, talks trash, um, isn't afraid to go toe-to-toe with anybody. You know, he he's that type of player. He's like a Pat Bev, like that mold of player. He's probably a little better than Pat Bev at, at this point, but um, he's that mold of player. Very defensive player. Uh, uh, I guess people would probably say bad boys type of player, to be honest. That's probably what a lot of people would compare him to. But that's not enough. That That's not enough for the Pistons to go after him. For this reason, this reason only. Or actually, not this reason only. There's plenty of reasons, but this is my biggest reason. What he does on the offensive side of the floor would absolutely kill this team. Absolutely kill this team. The Pistons need three and D wings. They don't need just D wings. Now, I said earlier in the offseason when the season just ended that if they decided to go the route of getting just defenders on the wing that can't shoot, I would even live with that because of how bad the defense was on the wings this past season. That is true. But the other wings they could potentially get that, that can just play defense, those guys aren't going to be shooting 16 shots a game, 17 shots a game, shooting 39% from the field. And that's what Dylan Brooks does. Dylan Brooks, over the last three seasons of his NBA career, 
is getting up 15.3 shot attempts a game. That would have led the Pistons this past season. He he is a shot chucker. An absolute shot chucker. Over those three seasons, he's shooting 41% from the field. This season, that just ended for the Memphis Grizzlies, he shot 39% from the field, 32% from deep, and 45% on all twos while shooting 13.6 shots per game. I understand the Pistons' need for defenders. I 100% do. I want them to go out and get defenders. Again, I said it earlier in the offseason. If they want to go out and get defenders and sacrifice some offense, that's fine. But they need guys, if you're going to do that, they need guys who are not going to then soak up usage on the offensive end. If you're not going to be much of anything on offense, you have to just be a cutter to the rim. You got to be someone that can, you know, take advantage of, of, of creations made for yourself around the rim every now and then hit an open three, but don't, you don't need someone who's taking up possessions. And that's what Dylan Brooks does. You can't be a zero on offense while also soaking up possessions and basically turning the ball over. Those possessions for Dylan Brooks are basically turnovers for your team. And then diving even further into the numbers for Dylan Brooks. As a jump shooter, he ranked in the 27th percentile across the NBA. At the rim, a, fi- a finisher at the rim, he was in the 13th percentile around the rim. He's not a good shooter. He's not a good finisher. But he thinks he is. He plays, he, think, he, he's, he thinks he's a better player than he actually is. And I don't have a problem with that. Players need to have that kind of cockiness. They need to feel that type of, of, of confidence or they wouldn't have gotten to where they are. That's not my issue. My issue is for a team, and this is another big point of why I'm, I'm away from Dylan Brooks. Like Dylan Brooks should go to a different team. Like, like Houston, I could see him potentially working with Houston. But for a team in Detroit that we just saw them get rid of Sadiq Bay because they couldn't reel Sadiq Bay in. They got rid of Sadiq because Sadiq was taking up too much usage and not playing their, quote, right brand of basketball. They got rid of him because they he was doing that, and they couldn't reel him in and take away his usage, apparently. To then turn around and get a vet player who was just on a contending team, a team that was led by John Morant, a team that was the second seed in the Western Conference that was still shot chucking, they were allowing him to shot chuck. You think he, he's going to come to a rebuilding team and that's going to be the team that gets him to reel in? That's going to be the team that gets him to stop shot chucking. That's going to be the team that lets him or convinces him, hey, maybe you shouldn't take 10 shots a game. Maybe you should just take eight shots a game or something like that. Play defense and just move off ball. You think that's going to be the team that convinces him to do it? Hell no. I don't believe it. I sure as hell don't believe it. So, like I said, I'm going to repeat this again. I'm all for the Pistons going after wings and free agency that play defense. They desperately need it. 100% is their biggest need. They don't need Dylan Brooks. They don't, need, they don't need him. And then the cherry on top is, look, I see all these people clowning the Memphis Grizzlies right now. I, what I really don't need as well in the Pistons organization and on the roster is a guy that's going to talk a game that him and his teammates can't back up and then the Pistons become a laughing stock in the NBA. Like, I can only imagine, like, Dylan Brooks before next season on the Pistons. Yeah, man, we making the playoffs and we pushing for the conference finals. Like, that, that's what we doing. You guys all sleep. We all about this. Rah, 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 rah. We got this. And then months go by, the Pistons are like the 12th seed in the conference, and now they're the laughing stock on ESPN. We're getting made fun of them because Dylan Brooks doesn't know how to close his damn mouth. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not, like that's, that's not something I'm interested in having happen. And I don't think the rest of these young guys need that either. They do need a veteran. 
They need veterans on the team. Maybe they need a guy who's going to push them. Maybe they need a guy who's a little bit on the edge and, and, you know, is a little vocal and plays really physical. They do need that. Dylan Brooks is not it. He's, he's not the one they need. So keep him away from Detroit. That's, that's my stance on it. But I'd love to hear if you guys disagree. Do you guys want Dylan Brooks in Detroit? And if you do, tell me why in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. Coming up, when you watch these playoffs, I feel like you, all Pistons fans, should be watching these playoffs to try to get a takeaway for the Pistons when it comes to team building, when it comes to lineups, all that kind of things. And that's something that I've already pulled away from the first round. From the games I've watched in the first round, specifically the Memphis Grizzlies uh, series with the Lakers, there's one specific trait that I really think the Pistons should be watching for and taking away from this first round. I'll tell you guys what that is when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors. This one is eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can ensure every part you need fits just right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit, or you'll get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game with no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride! eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply at ebaymotors.com. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. 50% of you guys over there who watch the videos are not subscribed. So please hit that subscribe button. It's another great way to support the podcast. And Obviously, you can also leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. So like I said earlier... When your team's out the playoffs, when your team's rebuilding and trying to, you know, build a roster that is playoff worthy, when you're trying to build towards becoming a contender, when you're trying to do these things, I think when you're uh, when you're a fan of these teams that are doing this, when you watch the playoffs, your main takeaway from the playoffs, unless you're just trying to enjoy basketball, you're not trying to think of your team, which I completely understand if you're doing that. If you're just wanting to watch some good basketball and not trying to have the Pistons on your mind, I completely understand that route too. But another route you could have is to watch these teams, watch the way these games are played, watch what you see on the floor, and take away that and say, okay, how can the Pistons do this? What should the Pistons take away from this and add to their team building? What should they add to their lineups? How should they go about these things? And that's something that I've been doing throughout these fir- this first-round series. And one of the series that really you know jumps off the page for me is the Grizzlies-Lakers series. The biggest takeaway I have, and I think the Pistons, I think Troy Weaver is smart enough about this, and I think the Pistons are smart enough about this to know that this is something that they need, but playoff versatility, just just versatility throughout your roster is such a big deal in so many different ways you can use the word versatility. I'm going to go through them in a minute, but that is by far, I feel like, the, the biggest the most important thing I feel like outside of having like a superstar, obviously, but versatility is like the biggest thing, most important thing you can, you need to have on your team when you're building towards the playoffs. And when you guys are probably asking, 
What do you mean by versatility, Koo? Can you dive into it? I'm going to do that for you guys. Like I said, there's many different ways you can use this. The first way you can look at the versatility is versatility on defense. And this is probably why this is probably why so many people are such big fans of Isaiah Stewart. Even with him having so many weaknesses right now, even with so many of the things that people want him to become, that's all projecting. He's not actually that right now. The reason why I feel like so many people are fans of Stu is because the one NBA skill he has is defensive versatility. And if you watch these teams in the playoffs, if you watch these teams play on defense, the teams that struggle are the ones that don't have versatility on the defensive end. The teams who are who play really well and strive in the playoffs have versatility in the defensive end. And when I say versatility on the defensive end, I mean guys who are able to guard up and guard down in positions. If you watch the Grizzlies series, Anthony Davis was was really causing so many problems for the Memphis Grizzlies because they were down a few front court players because he was good defensively for them, but also because when they were when he would screen and roll, he would dive to the basket or they would get a switch. The Grizzlies just didn't have the size and they just didn't have the versatility of guys that can that could guard up with Anthony Davis. And Anthony Davis was really causing problems for the Los Angeles Lakers. So they need guys who can guard up. They need physical guys that can guard up. Memphis has maybe one or two of those guys. You think Dylan Brooks could do it. Uh, Desmond Bain is built really strong. You think he could do some of that. Um, but that's something that the Pistons need. They need guys who can guard up in, in a position. A guy on the wing, a three that could guard up to four, a wing that could guard up to five. Um, you see that. <clears throat> I think you're going to see some of that, excuse me, in this Golden State Warriors Memphis, or Golden State Warriors Sacramento Kings series. You see Trey Lyles going up to the five. Uh, there's been Warriors fans I see are talking about, and I've heard Steve Kerr talk about Jonathan Kaminga going up to the five. Obviously, Draymond Green goes up to the five. Like, you need to have guys that can guard up and play bigger than their position, especially in the playoffs on defense. Because so a lot of defense in the playoffs is switching. So not only can Isaiah Stewart figuratively switch up to, you know, if he's a four now, he can switch up and guard a five. He also can switch down and handle himself on ones, on twos, on threes. So that that's probably why so many people are, are fans of Stu. I completely get it because that's an incredible skill set to have. So I'd say Stu is probably one of the players on the team that can do that, obviously, one that can go down and up. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, my goodness. Another player that you assume that will be able to do that is Kay Cunningham. Kay Cunningham, again, th- this does not mean that you want these players like, it doesn't mean you want these guys guarding out of the p- their position nonstop. That's not what I'm saying. Like, it's Stu, you don't want him guarding ones all the time. Like, that's not the case. But if he's forced out on a switch, he can hold his own. He can make it tough on guys. That's what you need. So same thing with Kay Cunningham. Kay Cunningham, six 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 seven, in be- somewhere around there. He can guard. He could probably guard wings, threes. Um, if if in the playoffs guys are playing threes at the four, Cunningham probably can go up and guard those fours that are actually wing are actually threes. He can go up and guard those guys. He can go down and guard twos. He can go down and guard ones. Now, is he great at those things right now? No. But I feel like that you'll be comfortable with him switching down and guarding ones and twos. He's not going to be someone that gets hunted in mismatches on the defensive end of the floor. That's another player that the Pistons can do that with. And that's one of the best things about having Cade as your franchise guy is that a lot of franchise guys get picked on on defense. You got like Trey Young, like John Morant. A lot of those guys get picked up on the defensive end. 
That's not going to be the case with Cade. Cade is bigger. Cade is strong. He's going to be a focal point offensively. And he's also not going to be someone that you can just hunt out defensively because he can hold his own. He's going to be a fine defender. So that's another guy that they have in their core that should be able to do this. The real interesting players that they need to figure out if they'll be able to do this kind of thing is Jalen Duran. If Jalen Duran, I don't know what the route is they're going to go with him. I don't know if they're going to go more of a drop coverage type of big or if they're going to go more of a switch type of big with him. I'm going to be really interested to see how they want to do that with him. But if Jalen Duran is capable of switching out on screens, he's going to be incredibly valuable, and that's going to take the Pistons' defense to another level. If your five can switch out on guards, now you can want to play drop coverage with Jalen Duran, but again, it's about versatility, and that's another way you can take this versatility. Not just with guarding up and guarding down, but you want to be able to play different types of defense. Different schemes. You don't want to be stuck playing one scheme, which is going to be really you know, interesting to watch with Denver because Jokic, he doesn't have a lot of defensive versatility. They're going to play a lot of drop coverage. I'm interested to see if they're going to try to switch up their scheme, but Jokic really can't. He doesn't have that kind of versatility to, to run different schemes. Jalen Duran, you think, at least right now, you project that he should be able to have that kind of versatility. He may be better in drop than he is at switch. He may be better at switching in the future than he is at drop. But you want to have that kind of versatility to play, you know, throw different coverages at the offense throughout a game. And Jalen Duren's able to do that with how athletic he is, how well he moves his feet, how he can flip his hips, how good of an athlete he is. Those kind of things, you'd hope that's something in his future. And if that's the case, that gives the Pistons a lot of defensive versatility in the playoffs as well. So that's another player the Pistons have. Um, another guy that you guys don't like, but he provides this is why people are still in on him. Killian Hayes, he provides that kind of versatility. 6'5", he can guard 1s, 2s, and 3s. We saw him on multiple occasions guarding Zach Levine. Saw him guarding Jason Tatum. He's another guy, another build that offers you that kind of defensive versatility on that end. So I feel like the Pistons have a few of those pieces already on their team. Isaiah Livers might be another one of those. I'm not sure yet, though, about his ability to guard down. Um, But he might be another one of those guys. The Pistons just need to stack up on those type of guys throughout their roster that have that kind of versatility defensively. And then even offensively, they need versatility throughout their roster. And my point with that is, again, going back to the Memphis Grizzlies series, Dylan Brooks, you know, I know I just ripped on him in the first segment, but he was a key piece to the Memphis Grizzlies. He is. He was a key piece to their team. However, in this first first, um, uh, series with the Lakers, they couldn't play him. They, they shouldn't have been playing him. They were getting destroyed in his minutes. They needed somebody who could provide them something different offensively because the Lakers just weren't even guarding him, and it was killing the Grizzlies' half-court offense. Luckily, they had some versatility with Luke Kennard, former Piston, and I believe the numbers were they were plus 29 in the minutes that Luke Kennard played because they weren't in, in place of Dylan Brooks because the Lakers now couldn't sag off of Luke Kennard, opened up driving lanes for guys, and it opened up their offense. So you need to have that versatility throughout their offense. And you saw what happened, Luke, out this last game with, the, uh, with that shoulder injury. They lose by 40. Now, is it, uh, did they lose by 40 because Luke Kennard didn't play? No, they probably just packed it up at halftime. It was like, bro, we just we just don't got it. it is, well, let's just get to the offseason. They packed it up. But if they had Luke Kennard and they had some of their front court pieces, they would they I think they would have won this series because they have versatility throughout their roster. If they need more spacing and it's not a Dylan Brooks series, they have a guy off the bench in Luke Kennard who can provide that spacing. You lose a little bit on the defensive end, but what you're gaining in the offensive end is worth it. If they moved on to the next series and it called for, you know, we don't need as much spacing right now. We need a defender out here. 
<coughs> excuse me, then you can play Dylan Brooks. Now you got you need that kind of versatility throughout your roster. So not only do you need the versatility on the defensive end when it comes literally to lineups and guys being able to guard up and down, you need versatility with the type of schemes you can run in defense on defense. You need the kind of versatility with the schemes you can run on offense. You need the versatility throughout your roster. So when a matchup calls for a specific type of player, when a matchup calls for a specific type of game to be played, you can answer that. All the playoffs are, it's about matchups. It's all about matchups. And if you don't have different answers throughout your roster to matchups, you'll lose. You're just going to lose the lose the series. So that's my biggest takeaway from watching these games, man. The Pistons need versatility throughout their roster in every sense you could use the word versatility. I think they have a few guys that can, you know, they have a few guys that fit that mold, but they need more of them. And the guys that they do have may not even be on the roster moving forward. So they still need to fill a lot of this roster out with a lot of versatility. Um, I'm interested to see how they do that. Um, this this draft is heavy with wings. If they were to fall, I'm interested to see which wing they get and if they can plug into this mold of being versatile on both ends of the floor. But let me know what you guys think about that. Do you guys agree with me or do you guys have a different takeaway from watching the playoffs that the Pistons should build off of? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Hill. Coming up, I want to just touch real quickly again on do I think the Pistons should consider trading their pick if it were to fall outside the top two We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, you guys got here from some of our lovely sponsors. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. I know we've talked about this already recently because James Edwards III of the athletic wrote about the Pistons potentially moving on from their fifth overall pick. And he threw out that the name of Deandre Hunter. So I believe we talked about it a little bit last week, but I've had more of you guys ask the question, should the Pistons consider trading their pick? If it falls from the top two, should they consider trading it for this player? Should they consider trading it for that player? And I, I think this will probably be actually, it probably won't be the last time we talk about this. Cause once the lottery happens, if the Pistons actually were to fall, I'm assuming rumors would pick up um, and things would heat up. But this is probably the last time I want to talk about this until the lottery, at least. And this is just my final stance on it. Should the Pistons consider moving their pick if they fall? Yes. Everything should be on the table. If they could get a player I would move off of a pick for, Mikel Bridges. If they could get Mikel Bridges, I would move off of the pick for it. If they could move off the pick for like a like a Jalen Brown, if they could move off of their pick for a guy like that, then of course you entertain it. You try to do it because those guys are, well, not Mikel Bridges yet, but I project him to be a future all-star next season if he continues playing like this. But Jalen Brown is an all-NBA player. If you can get those type of players for a top-five pick in a really good draft, I think you got to do that, especially with this team trying to take the next jump. You're basically drafting these guys with the idea that they, you know, they become a player of an all-NBA caliber player like a Jalen Brown or whatever. Like, if you can swing a trade like that, with a top pick, then yes, you, you consider doing it and you should be having those conversations. However, I really think that the Pistons, at the end of the day, they really should consider just holding on to the pick even if they get a really good offer. And this is why. This draft is really deep in wings. Really, really deep. And that is the Pistons' biggest, most most glaring need. And 
they could pick a guy at three. They could pick a guy at four, at five. That is exactly the type of player they want. They can mold him into becoming the exact player that they want and that they need on this roster. They just have the pick. They, they have the, the choosings. They can do whatever they want. In trades, you're really at the mercy of what other teams want to offer you. So I really think they should consider keeping the pick if they were to drop, if they were to fall. I, I, I probably would not. I, unless you're getting like Jalen Brown or something, I probably would go against trading the pick. Another scenario where I would be okay with the Pistons trading their pick if they fell is if they wanted to get multiple picks in the first round. So, um, you know what? Let me let me pull up Tankathon real quick for you guys. A team that has like multiple picks in the first round in the in the lottery. So, like Orlando. Orlando has two picks right now. Now we'll see how the lottery plays. I believe that pick that they get from Chicago is like top five protected or something. So. If it, if it stays like this and Orlando has like two first round picks in the, in the lottery and the Pistons say, let's say they get like the fourth pick or maybe even they get the third pick and Orlando calls and says, hey, we'll offer you like, uh, we'll give you five and like nine or something. We'll give you like five and nine or five and 10 if you let us move up to three or four. I would heavily consider that because again, like I said, this is deep in wings, this class, uh, this upcoming draft. You can move back. You get two cracks of the apple. You can get two really nice, intriguing prospects on the wings. And now you don't have to worry about going overboard in free agency if you were to strike out on, like, let's say if Cam Johnson was their top prospect or top guy in free agency. If you strike out with Cam Johnson, it's not that big of a deal because now you've already addressed it with two guys on the wing in the draft. And you probably feel a little bit more comfortable with Boyan being on the team if you're able to do something like that. Um, so that, that's something I would entertain. But overall... I don't think there's probably a trade out there the Pistons could do that would be, you know, that would make sense for them if they were to fall. Like, if they were to trade that for DeAndre Hunter, I'd lose it. I like, I can't do that. You, I would not do that at all. But I, I, the only trade that I would really consider is like a guy who is, you know, borderline all NBA type of guy, all star, multi time all star. Or if you're able to get multiple picks in the lottery by moving back a few spots, I'd be cool with that too. Um, if they were to fall. Now, if they say top two, I, I want them to to take Scoot or Wemby. But if they were to fall, that that's where I stand with it as of right now. So I'd like to hear from you guys. Would you guys want the Pistons to trade the pick? Would you guys trade it for multiple first picks in the lottery? Would you guys trade it? What were some players you would trade the fifth, fourth, third pick for? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. Um, if you guys were wondering why I kept looking down at my phone, it's because while we were recording this podcast, DeAndre Swift was traded from the Lions. Um, I I I was a Swift fan, but I'm happy he's going back to, going to Philly, and hopefully he gets a larger role there, and he can you know show how talented he freaking is. So, um, but the Pistons got Gibbs, so I'm mean, not the Pistons. Lions got Gibbs, so I guess whatever. Um, but that's why I was looking down at my phone. Let me know what you guys' thoughts. You guys lasted to the end of the podcast. You guys are also Lions fans. How do you guys feel about the Lions trading Swift as well? But that's all I've got for you guys today. Hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel, Locked On Pistons. Leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe and enjoy the playoffs. Till next time, peace out.